0: Hey CLC family, hey Christian here and Bob here. How are you doing today? How are you doing today?
1: Uh, I've got my cricket shirt on. Yeah? That's a statement about the Eagles game and pitchers and catchers report. So yeah. um, <laughs> since we're talking about that, we all kind of... We're we're transitioning on, but man, Jalen Hurts sportsmanship is yeah. uh, not as awesome as his athleticism. He's
0: so cool. Yeah, seen some um, of the post game interviews and kind of how he carried himself in the wake of that. Um, it's pretty cool. You know, I think that says a lot about way more about him than just yeah his playability, but uh, him as a person, which I think our city needs to. So yeah, it makes yeah. me
1: feel makes me feel good about being an Eagles fan. But and definitely
0: mourning this week is happening. But that's as I sure. say, it hurts, yeah. don't it? And, yeah, it you know, really does.
1: If you invested, and we're so so
0: close. Yeah. And all of our predictions from last uh, episode <laughs> were wrong, so unfortunately. Um, well, you got close game. Yeah, yeah it was, was a close, yeah. it was a close game, tie tie game in the fourth quarter is pretty oh, uh, nail biting experience, even though it did not end favorably. So. There's next year, right? So yeah, so we're still washing that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, this is episode three of our podcast, um, and usually what happens is, uh, you know, after the sermon on Sunday, we gather here on Tuesdays at noon just to kind of talk about it a bit more in depth, um, but also in a manner that's brief for you so you can go about your day. And so we have this fancy kitchen timer right here, and so the way it happens is um, Bob's going to give a two-minute overview of last Sunday's sermon, then we're going to spend seven minutes just kind of talking a bit more more in depth about some of the points and observations from the sermon, and then we will finish with an eight-minute section where we take your questions and kind of dive a bit more deeper into them uh, to bring clarity to things. So uh, you ready to jump in? Uh,
1: I guess so. Super.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to take the timer, and I'm going to start us off at two minutes for our two-minute recap. Here we go.
1: Okay. So uh, the recap is really Ephesians moves into the new person that God is making us in Christ. And we come to a section of kind of the don'ts, the where there should not be even a hint of, and he has quite a list, no sexual immorality, no greed though. So he's got materialism, uh, and, um, you know, the satisfaction of lust in whatever way we desire in that same equation. And he says, I think that when he says greed is idolatry, he's really pointing to, to any desire that is, is disordered and, He's calling us to adhere to a standard uh, as believers that is uh, uniquely for us. I mean, it's not actually aimed at the world. It's not aimed at non-believers. It's saying if you're a Christ follower, the standard, like the way sexual energies and desires are channeled is under the power of love. And that anything that wants a sexual experience outside of total vulnerable commitment forever, uh, a man and a woman in a covenant for a lifetime is forbidden. So it's either uh, be committed in a covenant of marriage between a man and a woman, or uh, it's a desire that is not fulfilled in, in a fleshly way. And that is a really hard teaching. Yeah. That is a high standard. Uh, it is an impossible standard yeah. And uh, in terms of that we're all sexual sinners. We're mm-hmm. all sexually broken. We mm-hmm. all are broken in our hearts. And yet it really, in our fallen world, is still the path of safety.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and so it's not a weapon to use against the world. It's not something that should induce any kind of pride in us. It's really the place of safety uh, for relationships. Yeah. And um, so he talks about the standard and then um, develops that standard. And then how we live that out in a world uh, is that we live a life that exposes. Uh, and I think that word exposed by the beauty of a different life, by the long-term fruit mm-hmm. of a different life, mm-hmm. um, we expose what really is less worthy because he says wake sleeper. Yeah. Um, and, and so these kind of desires, if they're out of control, they really lull our souls and our lives into an ugly sleep. Let's
0: That was two minutes. Okay. That's two minutes. Always scares me every time. Man, you know, I know. Do I only need two minutes to preach? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, sweet. That's a really good uh, kind of two minute overview of kind of what we looked at. And so, uh, then we kind of jump into the deeper dive. So I'm gonna turn the clock to seven minutes, and um, I'd like to kind of start by kind of asking, and I, I usually start this section of the time asking this, is there something that you did not cover on Sunday that you're, or something that you thought, hey, if I could give my sermon seven more minutes of time or a few more minutes of time, this is what I might try and talk a bit more about or offer clarity to? So could you share some of that? You know, always, I've been, and I'm sure you have
1: this because you deal with this topic among youth and yeah. Young adults, yeah, and and seek to teach it. It's always the, the positive vision mm-hmm. of our sexual expression yeah so that we don't wind up just majoring saying you know no 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 mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> or, or like somebody said you know uh, it comes off as almost like sex is this dirty thing so make sure you save it for the one you love yeah <laughs> yeah of, right you know and never it's never like, feel good about uh, that explanation it, so you know it's always because it's it's a much more beautiful thing mm-hmm. and in the Song of Songs, you know, when he says Daughters of Jerusalem, like I adjure you, do not awaken love until, in, until that right season, yeah. that right time with that person you're going to be with um, and to say it's worth it. Um, so yeah, I always feel like that in the midst of, of that tone, I hope people don't just hear uh, a moral no, no, no yeah. or prohibition yeah. or, um, but to see kind of the beauty and the wonder of what what God designed.
0: Yeah. Um, Because in the series we're talking about, like the series is um, uh, making all things new and so there's something that we're kind of journeying towards is the idea, but this kind of (laughs) disclaimer, this instruction that Paul gives is kind of a no, this is not what we're trying to be. So if you could prescribe, you know, if Paul's saying this is not what we're trying to be, what is it then that we're trying to be? What is like this new thing that God is trying to do in us in regards to this ethic that Paul is addressing?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's, you know, there's the air we know of, like, churches that are always just negative, 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 yeah. and, you know, and kind of repenting of sins that they act as if they're not guilty of and are aimed at the world, right? And then, then there's the air also of the, the church that just everything is positive. God is there to fulfill whatever desire we mm-hmm. want. He's just our co-pilot, you know, and um, that's also wrong. And, yeah. and yet to be true to the text... It really is warning yeah. us. I mean, it says, for these things, the wrath of God will come. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, what do yeah. I, okay, that's not, we don't usually say, like, don't do this for the wrath of God, but I think he, yeah. he is saying that God has to oppose what, you know, and I, I love the quote that says, just like, there's nobody who opposes drunkenness in their child more than the parent who loves them mm-hmm. or the spouse who loves them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and And it's in that sense that I think we see God's opposition to the behavior to say, like, don't attach yourself to this because it's going to mm-hmm. lead to devastation and brokenness. Yeah. And and I will say from life's experience, both, you know, within people I've been close to just as a person and then people I've had a front row seat to pastoring. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. And so, like, so I see that text, you know, it is negative, but it's negative in the way that if kids are playing on railroad tracks and a train is coming, yeah. you know, you scream like "Get off the tracks!" Sure, like yeah. this, you don't, you know. Come on, kids, you don't see it coming, but there really is a train coming. Yeah. This is not a good situation to be in. So, yeah. um, so I, th- I think that's that's where it is. But it is very countercultural. Yeah, um, it's either countercultural or it puts us in what I think is the angry fundamentalist Christian stereotype mm. that is also very un-Jesus shaped. Yeah, I don't want to be that. 'Cause that's not who Jesus is. That's yeah. not who the Bible is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So anyway, thanks for the opportunity to talk about what I wish were more there. Yeah. I think if you read all of Ephesians, it just starts with this incredible love. Hmm. And, you know, and his prayer is be filled up with all the fullness of God, love beyond comprehension. But then he's got to get into some details of where we get detoured. And that's what that that's what that particular text, yeah, to be honest, is about. <laughs> get off the railroad tracks, yeah. don't destroy yourself. Yeah, so. that
0: makes sense. That's a good uh, kind of image and metaphor, too, because uh, I'm, I'm a new parent. And so my kids aren't mobile yet enough to, like, you know, get near an outlet or the stove or anything like that. Um, but there's a sense of, like, you know, I love you so much that I don't want you to experience this turmoil and this pain and this hardship. Uh, and so in that there might be some, like, holy rage or frustration because you just want to see them thrive. So that's a good way to kind of put that because I think especially if a lot of people hear wrath of God um, – sometimes we misappropriate uh the heart of god in that moment of what god's trying to accomplish in us so um good clarification um anything else that you thought that thought in your notes that you're like hey i really wish i included this um but tom was kind of the, of the essence on sunday or anything that you'd like to even clarify you
1: know there is a phrase in that text where it talks about um you know the sexually immoral the impure the greedy the idolater yeah and then it says such uh, is not the kingdom of god hmm. And then that's a that's a heavy word, and it kind of I think it can be misunderstood as saying, oh, okay, so this is the fine print of grace. You say it's salvation by grace, but if you mess up this bad, hmm. then you're going to hell. Oh
0: yeah, you know? okay. And
1: and you can definitely read, you can misread that text. Yeah, I think that way. And I really think what he's saying is it's possible to be inside uh, the company of Christians. Yeah. And yet your life is so dominated by sin. And I mean, dominated by it. You're not relapsing and repenting yeah you're not struggling you're embracing it yeah and and so you know it's not just greed that could be embraced it could be a life of gossip and yeah. self-righteousness and yeah. whatever and he's saying that's not the kingdom of god and i'd say there are two ways to look at that first of all he's saying that's not the new you that's not who you are yeah. and that is not going to enter heaven with you yeah so don't be attached to something that it can't enter heaven with you and then i think there is also definitely the sense to say that if that is who you really are, then don't think that you're going to be part of the new heavens and new earth. Yeah. You, it, you're, you're embracing that, and God is not yeah. going to force you to go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, but that's a strong statement, and it, it occurs there, It occurs a couple other places in the New Testament.
0: Yeah, um, that's a harder statement too. I'm not, I mean. It could be harder for some folks to hear that today. Whereas, like, you know, Paul's right, like the context of that time when Paul's writing to this church, that was more of the vernacular that they used. But, like, uh, especially someone who's kind of new to the church, how do we, uh, how do we, like, newcomers, new believers who want to be made new and are, you know, all about that, how do we kind of enter this space a bit more easily to, uh, I don't know, for for them to embrace that message of what Paul's trying to get at? We're trying to become something new, not be bound by the things of old. If that makes sense. Absolutely. sorry, it was a long question. <laughs>
1: no, I had to. I, I, you know, one thing I think it says is that w- those of us who have been in Christ longer can't credibly profess who Jesus is if we're living a total hypocritical That's life. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, and, and I would put it under life dominating sin. Again, this is not a weak person who's relapsing, this is not a person who's grieving over it. Yeah. This is a person who's just settling down and living in
0: it. Yeah. And the people probably know in what category they fall in regards to, if we're being honest yeah. with ourselves perhaps we know like oh, i'm struggling with this or oh i'm not really struggling with this because i've actually embraced it so that's a good distinction to make I i've think. i've had to you know over the
1: years on just a handful of situations you know um in a sense get off the get off the train tracks yeah. you know trains coming kind of kind of intense warning and it's interesting as i've reflected on it all of those people have been in the role of leaders in the church yeah, and they've needed that warning. And I, I didn't know for sure whether is that just someone who is now revealing the true state of their heart is yeah. they really don't love Christ or is it someone who's just wandered off as yeah. we all could do. Yeah. I mean, we our hearts. There's enough sin in my heart to wreck my whole life. Yeah. And to wreck everything I'm responsible for. Yeah. It's yeah. it's there. It's there today. It mm-hmm. isn't it isn't rid of, but it's not raining in yeah. me. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not pr- expressing itself yeah. in those kind of really dangerous ways. And if yeah. it were, I hope you'd yell at me. Sure. I hope I, yeah. hope I hope plenty of people at CLC would like come and yell yeah. at me.
0: Yeah. That's what community's for. And that's right. what we're yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Um,
1: so Paul's yelling a little bit. I mean, yeah. this is a little bit intervention language. Yeah. I think he's like having an intervention ahead of the game and sure. saying, Hey you give in to this kind yeah. of behavior, yeah. Um, then I'm gonna yell.
0: Yeah, we sometimes we need that honest, <laughs> honest feedback. I'm glad it's there. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, um, great, thanks for that. I appreciate that. That's really good. Extra layers to it, the distinguishing uh, between kind of like the role that sin can have in our lives because no one's going to like, you know, this side of the sun be perfect. And so is is sin ruling us or is it something that we're, we're regularly uh, combating, kind of um, pushing against as we lean into this new identity, new creation that God's called us to? So that's a really good distinction. Appreciate that. Um, and now the last portion is the Q&A portion, um, so I'm going to turn the timer to eight minutes here, and we will jump in. Um, so we got one question today, and then we can kind of continue to ask questions of uh, of the content and lean in. Um, but um, someone submitted this question online, which again, if... Uh, if you're new to this, you can go to cllcfamily.org/sermon, and there's a form there. You can submit any question anytime. It could be something, even you, dis, you're allowed to disagree with, with us, you could throw those things out there, and we'll gladly even offer some feedback there. But anyway, visit that if you'd like to. Uh, this question uh, was anonymous, and this is what it says, uh, what does it look like to love the sinner and not the sin? Which is something I think you referenced even on Sunday. Uh, when the sinner is your offspring and the sin involves making changes to their God-given gender so it's a very specific question oh man that is that is a tough one yeah. in our context right? Yes.
1: and then and, and gender issues and gender confusion um, are kind of a new um, mainstream it's a mainstream you can't avoid it sure yeah yeah and so someone you love so and they're saying that when this when it's your offspring so it's your child so let me just say first of all like, so this person is asking a question and saying the child that they welcomed and brought into the world and named and raised mm. as one gender is now at some point in the equation. And let's say it's post-18 because um, I'm i just going to assume that yeah. um, is now expressing another gender. And I just want to say, first of all, like, man, I do believe the heart of God and like my heart goes out yeah. to um, all the parties in that equation. Yeah. But definitely to the person asking that question. Yeah. Because that is a kind of death and destruction to the person that they had welcomed, you know, into their life and family. Yeah. And and I don't know how you. I mean, you know, they named that child a male name, uh, probably, or a female name, yeah. and then a new name is being insisted upon or sure. different pronouns. Yeah. And. Um, you know, But I, I will say, I do think love is the central duty of parents to their children no matter what. Yeah. And um, I appreciated this, and I, I heard another preacher say it, um, and he said, this is going to sound weird, but he said, we wanted our children to know that our love for them uh, was um, absolutely contrary to any conditionality hmm. And that we wanted to be in good relationship with them hmm. even more than we wanted them to be Christians. Yeah. And because he said that that we know is our revealed duty. Yeah. I mean, we don't know for sure if our offspring, our children are going to be Christ followers. Yeah. We pray for it. Yeah. We do everything we can within our powers to bring that about.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I've wanted my kids to know that. Yeah. You know, and so as they've navigated all, you know, their adolescence and, they all profess a faith in Christ. I am so thankful for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but they also, I think, have all known through the journeys, and there have been some white knuckle times for us as parents. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and where they've had to make it their own and all that. Yeah. That. So I just first will say, like, yeah, love is definitely the main responsibility. Yeah. Uh, of the parent, and I definitely would want to lean into that, I yeah. would want to lean into saying to my child, whatever identity they might be embracing. Yeah. That. I feel I even be harmful to them. Yeah. It could be an addiction um, to drugs. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who's who's dealing with that and their children. I have many friends dealing with that sure. and their children. Yeah. Um, and to say like we we would want that child uh, that adult child to know like that does not somehow eclipse my love for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, but it it is you know it's full of difficulty because the insistence on, you must call me this name, you must yeah. embrace this, even while it's breaking your heart. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think at some point, if it's that adult relationship, too, there's a place of honesty yeah. and reciprocity
0: yeah.
1: in my children's relationship with me and mine with them. And, yeah. you know, after they've, you know, let's say, you know, 18, or beyond, then there's a little more, there's more reciprocity. Sure. Um, it's not... A six-year-old throwing a tantrum yeah. in the grocery store aisle, yeah. you know, and you've got to unconditionally love that child and bring him in. So, yeah. so I know that's probably not all the detail. Um, what would you say? Because I know you're you're yeah. thinking about this a lot too. Yeah,
0: um, this is a, a good question. You know, I try and look at this question in light of like even because uh, you're right. This one's a bit more involved where there's some kind of response uh, maybe desired from the parents end on how they kind of engage the situation. Um, But even comparing this, like, how would I, yeah, I appreciate you bringing it. How would we we treat our loved one if they're going through an addiction of some kind? Or how would we treat some, you know, other person if they're experiencing a difference? And I think there's some value and truth that we can find in those moments that can kind of prescribe how it is that we engage this one. I do think, um, because I don't have, you know, my girl's really young, so I'm not experiencing anything like this. But, you know, there's a conversation in youth ministry all the time, just trying to figure out how to really, you know, unconditionally love students as Christ calls us to, um, but then also calling people to the new you that God's calling us to as well. Um, And so I think there's value in um, not losing your influence ever. And there's definitely things that I could do with people that I disagree with or people who I might, you know, Want to call out that could lo- that I'd lose their influence And one? They wouldn't feel loved, uh, the love of God, and, and there's a whole other conversation too of like love doesn't necessarily mean um, we're kind of given the green light to do whatever you want. Um, but I think we can still love really fully and well, and I think the church has um, not always done that well in some cases. Um, but that's a whole other conversation. But um, going back to what I was talking about before, I do think. Um, We try and exercise His unconditional love in the way that Jesus would. And I'm reminded of a graduate school class that I took where um, one of my professors said, yeah, one of the reasons why uh, people think uh, Jesus was crucified is because He had dinner with the wrong people. Uh, Because some people thought, you're being too lenient, you're being too tolerable. Um, But Jesus was like, no, I'm just loving unconditionally. Um, However, we never see Jesus say, like, you know, He always... uh, invites people into this newness of life. However, he's not also not, uh, I don't think Jesus is necessarily strong-arming them because one way to really lose influence is to strong-arm people and force them to do something they don't want to do. And so with students, this is kind of a a, a delicate situation because we want people to know you are loved and welcomed here. Um, At the same time, I understand that I will never have influence in someone's life unless they invite me into that space, and they won't invite me into that space unless they feel loved. Um, and, and comfortable I guess and so uh, there's no perfect answer here but I do agree with your point of like um, let's not lose our influence let's continue to love them I think prioritizing uh, the relationship with them over their faith status is a. have never heard it that way before but that makes sense because I can never influence their faith status uh, or where they stand in, you know in their faith if I don't have a relationship of influence with them and so trying to prioritize that in some ways and just love them unconditionally um, then opens the door Door where you can speak into their life about important things and they will welcome that. But as soon as you um, kind of shut the door, shun them, you know, berate them, uh, we might be uh, on our own closing that door of influence. And I think that's a harder spot to be than someone, um, you know, wrestling with their own sin of any kind. So I don't know. It's a really uh, difficult one. But I think uh,
1: just to give the other balance to that too. Yeah. But, you know, because I, I definitely talk about, yeah, err on the side of, relationship and love. I yeah. think we also have to be willing at times as parents and friends. Yeah. To say, like, if I become your enemy by simply being who I am, yeah. Um then I have to be willing in a sense to accept that. That's sure. your choice. You yeah. can say, I'm not gonna be around you because you're not endorsing yeah all my decisions and and all that and that does happen. Yeah. I have to be willing for that. Yeah. But my my posture and my demeanor and my respect for them. Yeah. Um and also the fact like you like you said, we can't coerce yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, so I think I you know, here's the thing that's hard for pastors, yeah. I think, and 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 parents in this kind of situation is that there seems to be a prevailing um, culture now that says if you feel uncomfortable with your biological gender, your birth yeah. gender, then we will help you change your physical gender to match mm-hmm. how you're feeling on the inside. Yeah. And so for those of us who say, hey, um, don't discount your physical gender, maybe the adjustment can be on the other side. Yeah. Maybe you ought to adjust or consider that this feeling you have can be brought into line with your yeah. birth gender. And sure. we're seen as abusers yeah. in that. Yeah. And it's like, man, that is such a, a, a flip of, of yeah. roles. Yeah. And I think it's very unfair. Yeah. Um, but if you say that to your child um, and this is where you stand – Yeah. Um, again, you have to say it in love, but it, it's going to be hard to have a reciprocal, honest relationship without saying, yeah. um, it breaks my heart that yeah. you're pursuing surgery or hormone therapy or yeah. things like that, that I don't think, because all of that stuff won't actually change their gender. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, I think uh, what someone told me, you know, that if the coroner, you know, did a test on a corpse, they, they can be buried for a long time and they can still say, we can determine whether it was male or female. Yeah. And all the stuff they do with hormones and surgical reassignments do not change the, the birth gender yeah. that is in the bone. Yeah. Um, so um, just being on the side of that. Yeah. Speaking that. Yeah. Which I would have to do if I'm going to have a relationship with someone. Yeah. I have to say this is who I am. I mean, ultimately, if we're going to go deep. But I still love you. Yeah. I'm not trying to coerce you. Yeah. And I still want a Relationship
0: with you, yeah. and then they may say, No, yeah. see you. Yeah,
1: That is painful.
0: Sure, am oh I? Yeah, um, I think it's a good point. I appreciate that, by the way. Um, and I think sometimes um, wrestling with, like, because uh, you know, a parent to child relationship is definitely different. And maybe from I've not experienced that yet in that degree, um, but then also, like, you know, Paul's writing to a church of people who've professed faith. Um, so it's uh, wrestling with, because sometimes I think we try and take. Um, and it's well, you know, well-meaning. Sometimes I think we try and take this and, and, and apply it to people who, are like, I'm not a Christian. Like, why are you expecting this of me? And so I think we, um, yeah. So it's there's a, some some tension there that we have to be delicate. Um, but I think like in terms of like uh, you know inviting people to the newness of Christ, um, the hope is that they uh, have made a profession of faith themselves um, that they are saying hey I'm subscribing to lean into this newness of Christ and then I think and I kind of wrestle with this with student ministry like you know some students don't want to go deeper in their faith and so I'm not. Uh, I'm going to continue to challenge them a little bit but not push the envelope too much but when a student does say I want to go deeper in my faith then they are opening the door for me to challenge them and kind of push them a little bit just like I hope they would me as their leader right and so it's, um, they're kind of opening the door saying hey like uh, critique the things that uh, maybe I'm not giving to God or hold me accountable or challenge me. And so um, it's layered. It's not it's not so simple yeah. but important conversations to have nonetheless if we're trying to subscribe to this new way of life. If that makes yeah, sense? Yeah. It definitely makes sense. It's a lot. We could probably talk about stuff like this for a while. I was, I'm done.
1: just getting some literature together on some of the gender dysphoria and gender disorientation and yeah. all the different levels and I will say this it is a lot more complex yeah. and a lot more nuanced. Yeah. Um, in terms of what people are experiencing and what's going on right now, then a simple sound bite can really do justice to. For sure. If we were to teach on it, I really would, and I'm sure we we should teach on it, Mm but I think it's going to have to be in a format that is not a thirty-minute sermon without yeah, questions and without sure. opportunity for clarification. Yeah, uh, because it's it's got to be dealt with with a lot of care. Sure, absolutely. And, and in the pew is going to be somebody who's struggling mm-hmm. with their gender. Mm-hmm. We're going to have somebody else who's broken hearted yeah. over someone and trying to be a good friend to them as they walk through it. Um, you know, and you're going to you're going to have. Um, someone saying, Well, is the church changing its view? Are we mm-hmm. leaving the Bible over this? So you've got another person who's hearing it a different way? And you know, we all need to you know listen to scripture together yeah. and and also come together with an ability to really ask questions of scripture and yeah. like scripture question us. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is more nuanced. Yeah. I mean, I'm not ready to do the seminar tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know about you. I yeah, am I'm like <laughs> I'm I am listening to some good people who've done seminars and yeah. um I could point you to, I could point people to some good resources that I'm getting schooled in right
0: now. Yeah, 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 that's good. Well, I appreciate that. Um, Hopefully more to come on really difficult but honest, uh, important conversations that we should have, especially in light of just kind of the world we live in today. I think it's important. So great question, whoever you might be. We appreciate your honesty. Uh, We hope that, you know, some of that reflection was helpful to some degree. And uh, yeah, really appreciate your honesty there. But um, I think that's all we got today. One more thing. Yes. It is Valentine's Day. Oh, my goodness, it is. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I remember you, that. You have three Valentines. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, my mom bought our daughters these shirts that says, Daddy is my first Valentine. And so I'm going to try and get a, a bigger size every year so they can wear that for the rest of their lives. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow,
1: wow. So um, just a little bit, I just refreshed myself on this story. So during a time of persecution, this guy named... Valentine hmm. uh, was marrying Christians mm-hmm. at a time when the emperor said there will be no marriages allowed, mm-hmm. and he got imprisoned uh, as he solemnized weddings as a Christian pastor. And he led then he led people to faith while he was in prison.
0: Hmm.
1: And a jailer had a daughter who was blind, and Valentine said, "I'll pray for your daughter," and she was miraculously, incredibly healed. Yeah. And, site. and he uh, left a note uh, signed, you know, your Valentine yeah. to, to this daughter as he was beheaded. Yeah. And so um, that story is why we talk about, you know, head over heels in love because he was decapitated. I did not um, know that. That's yeah. uh, yeah. It's based on Valentine yeah. um, and his steadfast uh, ministry of really, um, he was a big uh, believer in marriage. Yeah. And he was running around marrying Christians at a time when it was illegal. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, And even performed a miracle on his way out.
0: Yeah, that's pretty wild. So as you celebrate Valentine's Day today, just remember St. Valentine. Yeah. And that, and Yeah. uh, yeah, that's really good to remember. Especially on a holiday that a lot of us recognize, so. Um, thanks for that appreciate it okay that's a little extra check that out you guys got a little extra dose no extra charge yeah no extra charge for free but hey we appreciate you guys thanks for tuning in thanks for your questions please continue to send them in we value them we value conversation and dialogue around this stuff and so please know that that door is always open but we love you guys and uh, we'll see you Sunday yeah great thanks take care